the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. So there's good debt and bad debt. Depends on how you want to apply it to your life. I'm fortunate, in my opinion, that I went to college at a time where scholarships, grants, and funding on your own was more than doable. Maybe it took you five years to graduate. Maybe you were on the six-year plan. I don't know, but you get the idea. So there's good debt, bad debt. Good debt might be something that gets you further ahead in life. There's also debt that's bad that makes you feel good, like a vacation home. I know a lot of people who have second homes that they're spending $40,000, $50,000 a year in mortgage payments just so that they have a place called their own in a location that's hot and desirable. And that may not be financially smart, depending on a couple other things you've done. If you've taken care of your 401k, your 403b, your 457, if you've funded your retirement, I think things like boats and second homes are okay, as long as they're fulfilling a need of happiness for you. So, good debt versus bad debt. Credit card debt, I use, I use credit card, no doubt about it. I've got two right now for most of my travel and cash rewards. It's funny, I don't even use the travel points. I keep saving them up for something epic. What started off as like, oh, let's, let's do a weekend getaway. Let's go rekindle the relationship. Now it's kind of like, let's do something epic. Let's take over Europe. How many points you can build up, right? So there's good debt and bad debt. I don't ever carry a balance on credit cards because I can't afford it. I know you're saying, Rob, you look successful. You have an air of success. You can afford it. Eh, not for me. A couple things that might be inside your 401k that you should start being paying more attention to. There's something maybe called a money market. What's a money market? Is that like a place where you can get a Coca-Cola and the company pays you back or it's deducted from your paycheck or something? I know. A money market is your cash in retirement accounts, and it's typically pretty stable. You can get stock mutual funds, you can exchange traded funds, you can get bond funds, you can get value funds, you can get international funds, small cap, large cap, mid cap funds. And right there, I'm not trying to intimidate. It just it got a little bit more complicated fast, right? I think your 401k is meant to be a an accumulator of wealth for you. It does every two weeks automatically money comes out of your paycheck. For me, it's $1,000 until it hits $18,500 for the year. And then once that's in the clear, that's, you know, I can't max it out more. But start with that concept of maxing it out. Don't leave it in cash. If you have a situation where you don't know what to do, I think the the target year funds are fine. Not great. Fine. I'm not going to intimidate you. Here's a filthy mistake you make. I'm not going to be that guy. You want to call those slurpy pizza cake for your cup of bottle. What? I'm not going to intimidate. I'm not going to scare you with, in your 401. Go with a target fund. If you're 30 years old, that means you're going to retire in 30 years. Take a look at the calendar and add 30 years to it, 2050. And you could start there. Now, if you're aggressive, then say, maybe I want to retire in 2060 or 2070. Because as you get older, 
your fund becomes more safe. So when you start early, if you gave yourself more of a time horizon, it'll take on more risk. These things aren't perfect. You own a little international. You own a little Japan. You own a little England. You own a little bit of Ukraine. You own a little bit of uh, oil. You own a little bit of small. You own a little bit of mid, a little bit of large, a little bit of growth, a little bit of value. It, it, It doesn't tie you into it to the point that you can't move. Fisher Investments... I think he's a lovely person, but back in the day, he used to buy 100 stocks for you, and they were 100 stocks, and you felt like, what am I going to do with 100 stocks? He's got a team watching it, so if he had a bad year and you fired him, you you had to go, what am I going to do with 100 stocks? So ETFs are fine. It's so funny because I keep notes for years and years and years and years. And sometimes I look back at my notes and I go, what was I thinking? A diversified model portfolio. Two of the companies that were once in it almost don't exist today. Tyco and General Electric. From 20 years ago, if we were sitting down in a Wayback Machine, which for the record, Mr. Peabody was kind of creepy in my opinion. I'm just saying. But even if you look at some of the names in the financials, Citigroup still around, JP Morgan, American Express. Then you could start seeing like Lehman and Goldman Sachs and Morgan Stanley Dean Winter and Merrill Lynch and AIG and Fannie Mae. And you're like... I don't know if all those companies are still like they once were 20 years ago. You can look at retail stocks from the diversified portfolio 20 years ago. And it was names like Best Buy, Gap, CVS, Walmart, and Home Depot. Most of those are still there. Drug and medical, but notice Amazon wasn't there on the list, right? In media, you had Viacom and AOL to invest in 20 years ago. That would greatly offend Facebook and Google and Netflix today, not to be included on that list. 20 years ago, you had medical device companies in a diverse portfolio like Merck, Pfizer, Medtronic, and Johnson & Johnson. They've done okay, but certainly you could say that there's been some change. How about for tech companies? Texas Instruments, not a company you hear a lot about in the news. Still okay, but then you start seeing some names on this list like Microsoft and Cisco and Intel, and yeah, 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 They're, you know, Microsoft just hit an all-time high. But then it starts getting weird. You see names like Nokia, down the mighty have fallen. Sun Microsystems, EMC, IBM. IBM used to be relevant. Now you just go, why would you own IBM when you can own Salesforce? It does, it does, you can't justify it. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I have a different view of the world I always have and probably, you know, I'm becoming more homogenized and generic as life goes on. When I attack someone who does motivational speaking, it's not because I'm a mean person. It's because I see that person sometimes taking your money and stopping you from investing it, and and that kills me. It kills me when you see people like Sue Zorman offer and sell a credit repair kit on QVC for $99 when all you have to do is is get your fat fingers down to the library and punch in at a Google terminal how to fix my credit. And most of what she's going to try to show you in nice lamination is already out there. So am I going to sit there and be, life has no limitations, except the ones you make. I'm not. I'm going to say, you're stupid. You're holding yourself back. You are your own worst enemy. You're looking at others to be your Buddhas, your gurus. Stop it. I'm not going to say, the graveyard is the richest place on earth, because that's where you'll find all the hopes and dreams that were never fulfilled. (laughs) 
I'm going to say stop being so lazy. Max out your 401k. But I'm living paycheck to paycheck. Well, you weren't living paycheck to, be forward, to paycheck before you took that job, so build it into your, 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 your budget now. That's right, John. Yeah, if you got to work this weekend, work this weekend to your, to your investments and your, your savings. I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna pull out the fiddle and, and play it for you. I'm, I don't feel pity for you. My job is not is not to get into the pity world. My job is to say, like, do you remember 20 years ago there was a company called Microsoft and they kind of got into this issue with the European Union and Europe and European ministers about technology and what they can and cannot bundle with Microsoft's operating system. And you go 20 years in the future and you see Google is being fined for its Android antitrust abuse. And you're like, wait, wait, I've heard this story before. And Microsoft thought they could bluster their way out of it. And it led to five to ten years of massive un- of under uh, achievement of underperformance in the stock. But here is happening 20 years again later. Is it the same exact story? No. Is it close? Pretty damn close. Is it a modern version of it? Probably more so than abusing your operating system. Maybe it's abusing your your, your search platform. It was only a year ago the EU fined Google $2.7 billion for favoring its shopping services over competitors. Now it's $5 billion over uh, Android. Android, for their part, you know, we're going to say blah, blah, blah. We will appeal and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, we uh, uh, never try to stifle innovation. We always try to support innovation. Um, The fact that we compete with, you know, Apple phones tells you that we're not uh, abusing a monopoly. So Apple pre-installs a lot of apps. Google pre-installs a lot of apps. Does Apple make as much money, or is they are they as, as go get them monetizing some of this? You get our operating system for free, therefore we're going to throw down some apps on you. Now, my job as an investor again is not to ever boohoo you. My job is to show you, like, let's bootstrap this. Let's let's do this. Let's get off the planet. Then you go to your end of the new planet. I'll get to my end of the new planet. We don't have to ever see each other again. Never underestimate human stupidity. I think that's really an important mantra when it comes to investing. When it comes to politics. One thing that history teaches us is that we should never under, must underestimate human stupidity. And that goes over, it's a powerful force, just knowing that sentence and saying it out loud. Knowing that mantra, knowing that, you know, um, statement about what you believe. And I don't know if you believe it or not. A lot of times we have leaders who try to solve things, and sometimes it's the... You know, the disruption of the problem that leads to further problems, kind of a ripple effect. So as emerging technologies such as artificial intelligence and biotechnology gain increasing prominence, humanity will always still have decisions to make. 
we're on the verge, we're on the precipice of cars that can drive themselves, of cars that can manage parking lots better than you can, of cars that can drop you off at the office to go park and save you 30 minutes, save your company 30 minutes, create 30 minutes of productivity for you. And we just exasperate matters. We put in politicians who, quite honestly, some of them are hillbillies from the mountains who probably shouldn't be coming up with public policy. We, we elect sometimes people based on the color of their skin, sometimes based on the education of the college they went to. Sometimes we elect people based on, well, he's better looking than him. How often do you see like super, you know, massively obese presidents? Do you think Chris Christie ever had a chance of winning the presidency in the United States against someone who's going to be a little bit more fit? Probably not. And people were worried by that. So never underestimate the, the, the human stupidity on how we place and how we get advancements in the world. And if you understand that there's always going to be problems to solve. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and your money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. I'm Rob Black talking stocks. One of the things I like to do is not necessarily look back in anger, but look back. Having an investment plan means you plan, you pre-think about things, but then you watch things unfold to see if they happen the way you wanted them to. And then after you give it a little bit of time, I think you look back and look for unanswered questions. Unanswered questions could probably be the title of my autobiography, if I had an autobiography. But Netflix, when they have a bad quarter, we pay a lot of attention to it. When they have a great quarter, we tend to go, well, it's Netflix. There's a phrase called let's Netflix and chill. They have hit our mindset. They have hit our our verbiage. So sometimes we just kind of forget that there are metrics that you look at when you invest in price to earnings, price to sales, price to, uh, to debt. Now, the company Netflix sometimes has an issue, in my opinion, where they don't give away enough information. If you're a public investor in the company, it basically means you're an owner. Can you imagine owning a company where you don't know your payroll or you don't know what you're going to be doing in the future. You'd be like, I don't like that feeling. So. so Netflix never gives away a lot in metrics. It's their way of keeping things close. Holy mackerel. I kind of watched um, a very R-rated Jim Jeffries comedy special the other day on Netflix. Whoa. <laughs> Let's just say there's enough sound bites there to um, reinvent radio. Didn't know who the guy was. I've kind of been locked up in the little Rob Black world for the last 10 years. Who knew there was a... Such a funny man out there. Brought to me by Netflix. So the number of hours robbed watch, they don't really tell us. So when they report a quarter and their earnings or their revenue goes sideways down, we pay attention. If it's the sales, if it's the earnings, if it's the margins, if it's the international subscribers, if it's domestic subscribers, if it's, did they have a good quarter with a brand new hot show? They have a bad quarter with a flop of a new show. Did they have a bad quarter with uh, a big one like House of Cards or Stranger Things coming back? A lot of questions. So you pay attention to the CEO, Chief Executive Officer. He's going to give you a lot of big picture stuff. The CFO, David Wells, is going to give us a little you know, uh, defensive subscriber numbers, whether it's positive or negative. So he's kind of a character that you pay attention to during the earnings call. 
whether it's this quarter, last quarter, next quarter, next year, trying to you know listen to conference calls is, is about nailing it. So you have the chief content officer at Netflix, a guy named Ted Strandis, who, if you've heard celebrities talk on the red carpet, I know you're saying you, you watch a lot of red carpet, not much. But Teddy Sarandos gets compliments big time from the big stars. I know, I know, Harvey Weinstein used to as well, right? So, original movies, what did Netflix come up with this quarter? What are they buying? What's their strategy on Asia? What's their strategy on India? What is their churn rate? That's something they won't tell us. We hear stories about Netflix and how once you have it, you'll never give it up. In fact, they can charge you double. They really don't tell us. What's the notion of engagement for users? We've seen statistics as high as 90% of all college students have Netflix. Now, that doesn't mean much to me because it could mean, are they sharing mommy and daddy's account? Are they on their own account? Are they sharing it with their friends? Are they all legally getting it? Who knows? So there's, there's different notions of engagement that we don't really get from Netflix. And that kind of brings in a little bit of an added risk. The company's going to come out and say, we can't tell you everything we're doing. Because an HBO will copy us, or Hulu will copy us, or Walmart. I know you're saying, no way. No, no way. 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 So, how much are they spending on marketing? Does that marketing cost go away? Like, you could look at a company like an Apple, and you can come up with every reason. I think Definity is too expensive. I think Google Phones are better. I think Tim Cook is stupid. I think China... I th- you can come up with every reason to hate them, but you can also look at R&D, research and development. They spend more on R&D than other companies making revenue in the S&P 500, a large chunk of them. Now, could Apple ever say, okay, you know, maybe we're not the same old company we used to be, and let's start slashing some R&D? Sure. So you really try to have to, in my opinion, get as much of a big picture as you can. Um, otherwise, you say, okay, I'm going to buy Netflix because it's got verbiage. People say, let's Netflix and chill. Which basically means let's sit down with a member of the opposite sex and start watching a movie and see where, where it goes. That's all I'm saying. I'm in. I'm on good behavior. So my puppy puppy passed away last week, and now I'm on good behavior. It wasn't a puppy puppy. She was a 15 year old lady, but you get the idea. So I'm going to do a better show because of Maisie the Wonder Dog, but that's neither here nor there. So. Increased marketing dollars. How does a company have a good quarter or a bad quarter, and how do you judge it? For instance, if you see a kid, you know, ace the SATs, and he happens to come from a lot of money and has a tutor, and his, you know, his dad was Albert Einstein and his mom was Marie Curie, you go, yeah, that's not that tough for him. He's kind of lived a privileged life with privileged uh, genetics, and you would, you would value someone who does better. Do you see what I'm saying? You kind of have to have that kind of subjective trash-talking ability. Why is she wearing that? Oh, my God. Is he really wearing white in, in, in December? If you can't trash-talk, you can't invest. But also, in my opinion, if you can't shut down your emotions of, of, of fear and greed, you shouldn't invest. So, because, like, Netflix has it all. It's super expensive. That should make you fearful. It's got great returns. That should make you greedy. It's got a great story of, let's take on the ABCs, NBC, CBSs, the way people watch television. Let's try to change it. In a world that was already seeing a lot of change with the likes of companies like YouTube, 
Netflix wasn't afraid to say, okay, let's let's kill this physical DVD thing and let's replace it with something different. You get the idea. So I think you get the idea. Maybe you don't. Maybe you do. Maybe you don't. So Netflix has a lot of unanswered questions. And that because of that, when you invest in the company, you bring on added risk. So some companies, they, they, they don't have that much that many questions a little bit easier to analyze like here's one area of netflix i I don't study a lot the currency we know that they're doing a big international expansion we know that in the united states that i'm not going to say they're saturated but let's say netflix probably is pretty well known now as we start saying okay well we've seen great returns of invest on investors dollars in the united states but we're also seeing that saturated subscriber. So let's take a look at the international market and say, are they saturated? And then you go, okay, okay, now wait, 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 how many subscribers do they have in the UK? And wait, wait, what currency are they using? And is a strong dollar good or is a strong dollar bad? So Netflix releases a quarter and it creates a buying opportunity. You, you really look at the metrics a lot, but not so much when it's a good quarter or when the stock responds positively. Like, I could look at one of their recent quarters and say revenue rose 40%. Holy. I mean, I, if I was eating, like, uh, peanut butter and uh, peanut butter saltines, peanut butter saltines just fell out of my mouth. Like, 40% revenue growth? I know it takes a while for peanut butter saltines to fall out of your mouth because they're all sticky and uh, gummy, and they're all sticking to your, 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 your... You get the idea. So, the company missed its subscriber growth for the United States, adding... 670,000 subscribers in the quarter and 4.47 million internationally. They were supposed to add 1.2 million subscribers in the U.S. versus 670,000. But again, their slate of product was pretty weak. So as far as new shows go, where will that go? Um, I was reading some reviews recently of Lost in Space was one of their originals that it was a hit, but it wasn't as big of a hit as they expected. Or maybe it wasn't as big of a hit as the cost of production led you to think it would be. So Netflix international revenue surpassed domestic revenue for the first time. There's things that you, you really almost have to draw a picture. Quick. Take a pick. Click. Um, to really get... Like, now the dollar is a bigger story because international revenue is a bigger story. You see where it's going? I'm Rob Black. Stock talk. Talking stock, much, much more. 800-516-1220 to each calls there. Find me online at Rob Black Show. Don't forget, there's seminars always coming up. Use the code RADIO25 to get in for free. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Every year from now on for many, many, many more years, we're going to continue to see the rise and fall of people. We did it with Jared, the subway guy. We've done it with Papa John's, the pizza guy. We did it with Snuffleupagus from Sesame Street. He had a little bit of a drug problem with his nose. The rise and fall of people we create as heroes. It's going to continue to happen. It's a society that's very conscious now of catching people's mistakes on video or online or even setting them up. I have nothing but respect for what Sasha Baron Cohen does as a comedian. Or as a satirist. It does stink sometimes when you know that he's setting people up and giving themselves the rope to hang themselves, so to speak. But 
Papa John's is a good one. Again, a great lesson to your children. Like, be careful. The pizza chain Papa John's was forced to distance themselves from Papa John. And he's this suburban-looking dad-looking guy from Louisville, Kentucky. Wears a lot of red for Louisville red. Not terribly gray. He has all his teeth. He's a good spokesperson. Until he says something to upset a group of people. Now, Papa John's, if you look into it, kind of got a sticky situation that got stickier. He had offices that he was leasing from the company. They had to kick him out. They had to say, stop talking to the media, cease and desist. Papa John's first restaurant opened in 1985, and he hasn't made it easy on how to, pre- how to break up with a company. Using terms to discuss his resignation as, you know, it was extortion. Do you want to invest in that company or do you want to say, I'm going to hold off and let things cool down? When you work in television news or in traffic, there's something called a hot spot. Oh, let's take a look at the hot spots. And uh, it's where there's an accident. There's a, you, you got to wait for it to clear up before traffic moves through again. Same thing with investing. Am I saying Papa John's is a value? I'm not. I don't know the company at all. I can tell you that Domino's is killing it. And when you have an employee who was once a previous owner and there's now contracts on how you're going to behave, it's it's time to like hire a media company to help separate these two people, Papa John's from the company that is Papa John's. So Papa John's has a company value of more than $1.7 billion, fourth largest pizza chain in the country behind Domino's Pizza and Little Caesars. Isn't that amazing, Little Caesars? There's a lot of Italian fathers, grandfathers, great-grandfathers. Right now, you can feel the cemetery moving. <laughs> People rolling over in their grave. So, not only has he been fired from the company, but he also owns 30% of the company's stock. And to be criticized by the company that he owns so much in, can you imagine just the stress levels for all parties? In 2017, Papa John's John Shatner, he complained about the NFL, and he hurt Papa John's sales by in a lot of people, but ultimately by saying that the NFL failed to handle things properly, or maybe he should have got out in front. So, NFL basically said, see you later. Hit the road, Jack. We'll take Pizza Hut as a a longtime sponsor. So now it's fascinating to look at because Mr. Shatner is trying to do this publicly. And we all know people who are like getting into legal issues or into sticky situations. And the advice that you give a loved one when they're in a sticky situation is, is play it cool. My brother David's got a daughter who worked for um, a political group trying to get teenagers to vote. And the one thing you can never do is sign up someone to say that they're a voter when they're not a voter or if they're dead. So it's it's legal. And someone in her office did. And when they figured that out, police came in and basically said, you know, we're going to arrest all of you. If you don't if you don't tell me who it is, we're going to assume it's all of you. And I put pressure on kids to, like, rat their friends out and put pressure on people. And my brother David said to his daughter, he's like, stop answering your phone. Go away. If you didn't do anything, just go quiet for 72 hours. That's pretty good advice because Papa John and John Shatner can't go quiet for 72 hours right now. And it's kind of crazy the uproar that's going on right now. Whether it be Kentucky Fried Chicken, um, Colonel Sanders once used a racial slur that John Shatner used. And I, I know I'm not surprising people. There's a difference in time from when that happened. Does it make anything right? No, but you certainly don't defend yourself by saying, look, Colonel Sanders once said the word. Um, so I don't invest in areas like that. What are just too damn dramatic, too damn 
frustrating, too damn hot spot. Come back to it later. If you want to own pizza, own the company that doesn't have the drama, own Domino's. Because guess what? Cheap pepperoni pizza. A large pepperoni pizza probably costs a buck twenty-five to make, and they sell it to you for anywhere from ten bucks to twenty bucks. Uh oh, dirty little secret just got out. Pizza's cheap to make. I say make the ball. That, that, that's like why there's one on every pizza parlor on every corner, right? I'm Rob Black. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.